you know, and so, you know, so we're, we're talking and I'm telling her about the blur brains and, and, you know, what the podcast is about and what we've been up to. And then she's, Oh, I go into your followers list and, and I'm scrolling down. She's like, and I only follow like nine people. Right. Like I think like yeah. seven or eight of them are people that I personally know or friends. And one just happens to be this lady. Two of them are like people like one of them's like someone in the podcast industry. So I follow him because he gives a lot of good tips, helpful tips and shit like that. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get into the industry. And one of them was this one lady who I stumbled across her podcast one day when I was just kind of, um, exploring the app and her name is Amazon goddess. And you know, she's a, a sex worker, I guess here in New York, whatever, but she has like some really cool, fun, oh um, conversations, you know, like her shit is pretty mm-hmm. interesting. So I'm listening to it. So I follow her, but I guess I rubbed the lady the wrong way. She's like, Oh, you're, you're supporting <laughs> prostitution. Why are you supporting this? I said, look, man, she's not prostituting herself on the app. She's just talking to people. Isn't that, that's not illegal. <laughs> yeah. Well, what she does is illegal. I said, look, I don't know what she does, where she does it. They got nothing to do with me. Oh, but she does it in New York. And, and she does like, she apparently knows a lot, like a lot more about her than I do. And it's just like, look, man, mm-hmm. I, she just, she's got some interesting conversations. I follow her. I talk to her. That's the end of the story. Like you're reading way too much into this. Oh, you know, but she's, uh, I'm like, you know, I, and I, oh, what I said was to her was, you know, why well, I think sex work should be legal regardless. So whether she's doing it in New York or Vegas, I feel it should be legal. Oh, so you support prostitution and click and she hung up on me and you know left the room. <laughs> Yo. Bro. Your people first of beating all, their feelings, man. They beating their fucking that, feelings out here. That doesn't shock me because uh Brian has a secret life. But that's another that's another podcast for another day. But <laughs> but I I jumped on here last week when we was, when we was trying to do the uh the WandaVision. Uh, review and while I was waiting I don't even know how I went live or any of that because I was waiting for you to the um ping me in or whatever and bro oh my son this dude I guess his avatar was like a clown well it was a clown I don't know oh, if he man. really dressed like that in real life bro you found he a, was, you found a serial killer he was making sex sounds oh shit <laughs> Hey, bro. Dude, what? He just in there making sex sounds on the mic. I don't, I don't know if I'm fucked up for uh, judging him or if I was dumb for like staying in there for like as long as I did, bro. How long was you in there for, son? <laughs> he was in there for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Bro, I was in there, man. I was in there for like three minutes, man. Yeah, the whole I'm, I'm, SMR I, session going on and shit. He was talking, he was talking nasty and shit. You just sitting there. Wait, were there people in the audience? Like, nah, it was just me and him, and he was just like, uh, yeah, like just making like weird ass sounds, bro. And like, I don't know if I was like intrigued that somebody had that much time on their hands or like. It might be a slight chance that I enjoyed it, bro. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, a, you talking about me having a secret life? Look, I, I don't, I don't got no kids, nothing like that to be they're having secrets from. You know what I'm saying? My shit is out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you're a proud father. You know what I'm saying? You were the one with the secret life, so don't be, don't be putting that shit on me. You, you was enjoying Man. that shit. You was in there fucking remixing his fucking moans and sounds and shit. Hey, bro. I, it, it may be a slight chance I maybe enjoyed it. And you know what? You, <laughs> you know what's crazy, bro? 
All right, this um, I guess this confession hour or whatever, but oh, oh, we didn't get started. We starting crazy. Nah, but I went looking for the clown, man. Like <laughs> you, you didn't follow him. You didn't give him the follow. Uh, man, like I was like, yo, <laughs> like bro, you, you just can't hit it and quit it, man. You got come on, man. We gotta we gotta find that clown again, bro. I'm, we gotta find that clown again, son, because I wanted him yeah. to be on the part of the show. I'm gonna follow him. I want to be on the part of the show. We want to talk to him to find out what the fuck he got going on and what kind of Thanks, what, bro. what kind of freaky shit he getting into out here on the stereo app. <laughs> yo, man, this, this this audio revolution, man, this shit gonna bring out the freaks. It's always the it, that's always like the first people that jump into some shit when it's new. You know what I'm saying? It's always always gonna be always, bro. And it, it's like it's like. Cause you, you know, like Facebook, well, you know, it's still like hookup central, but with anything that's brand new, that's where all the freaks go, bro. That's where you're going to get the, you know what I mean? Remember when, um, bro, what's that shit where you swipe left? If you don't like the, uh, Tinder, oh, Tinder when Tinder yeah, first yeah. came out, <laughs> when that- Tinder first came out, bro, that's where, that's where all the freaks was. That shit was, that shit was mayhem, son. That shit was mayhem. It still is. I mean, there's so many more out there now. You know what I'm saying? Not that I got any experience there, but I'm just saying, like, yo, this shit gets crazy out there. But, you know, let's get to it, though. You know, the, re- the reason we're uh-huh. here for, you know, because, like like I said, we got stories to tell, right? So, facts. This week, Netflix, and I'm not even sure, I, I should look into finding out who actually produced this, because I thought it was very well put together and produced. But a, yeah. a, a, a new documentary premiered on Netflix called I Got a Story to Tell. And just telling the origins of the notorious Biggie Smalls. Yeah, like we never. Now look, right? Because I'm gonna I'm say I'm gonna say something controversial, and I might lose my black wait, card. Wait, oh, wait, I might not wait, lose. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold up, hold up. We I gotta get prepared for that before we before we start the hot takes. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Wait, it, it, it goes. I'm saying we, we we gotta set the mood right. We gotta get the mood right. Gotta get the mood steady. You know I'm saying the people gotta know what's going on. But yeah, so I mean, for me, I definitely thought you know this was it, it was a great look into um, Christopher Wallace's uh, origins, his beginnings. I very much enjoyed it. You know, did you enjoy it? What you think about it? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was brilliant. That, that's a good way to put it. I like that. I like that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Give my hand claps, man. But yeah. Cause I know you're about to was, say some it, crazy shit. So I'm gonna give you, I'm, no, I'm no, saying, no, no. I, I don't want, before you dig your hole, dig your grave. I want you to at least start off on a positive note and no, then you can no, jump in the but, hole. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um. You know, it was directed by Emmett Emmett Malloy. I think I'm saying his name right, but it was it was directed by Emmett Malloy. And I thought the documentary was just as gritty as you know some of the stories he did tell during during the uh, course of his you know his short life or whatever. And it it, it made me appreciate him um, even more. I think the biggest thing I got from it that I didn't get from the movie is how just Biggie wasn't only a genius, bro. And this would this would um 
I'm, I'm about to get to the controversial stuff. But Biggie wasn't just a genius. But you you got to see how you got to see how actually human this guy was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um even even the relationship between him and his mom. Relationship with him and his mom. Show me one kid that don't got a relationship with his mom like that. Like that was definitely relatable. No, yeah, that 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 is something that definitely definitely stuck out to me like a lot. Like that really kind of hit home for me. It was just like listening to his mom talk about him and just like especially when you know that very young part of his life and it was just like I, I really like I really connected to that whole feeling. I was just like Daniel Valletta, you know, Valletta like she reminds me of my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Just like and, and, yeah. and that kind of connection and the way she spoke about him, like it made me feel like that was my mom talking about me or my grandmother talking about me. Like it was, it was very and, relatable, you know. And 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 that wasn't only, uh, you know, a reflection of how um, a lot of you know I, I can only speak for our culture, but a lot of black sons have a relationship with their mom like that. We don't always make our mothers happy. We don't totally disappoint them, and you know it. It, it comes a time when. You gotta be a grown man and you might have to, you know, uh, you know, you might have to express some things to your mom. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, it and on a on a, on a, on a real tip, like I'm I'm that's something I'm going through now with my own mother, where it's just like, you know, just having those differences of opinions and, and not approving of things that maybe she be doing or things she's not approving of things that I'm doing. Like, you know, the dynamic has definitely changed as as I've matured and become older and I'm an adult now and I'm a grown man where you can have different kinds of conversations. You know, it's not that child parent conversation, but it, it is a conversation of just like adult to adult. But there's still that dynamic there of like, you know, you're my mom. So of course, obviously, obviously things remain respectful, but I, I know, I, you know, I know exactly what you mean as far as just like, you know, when you're a kid and you're young and you're a knucklehead and you're doing dumb shit and you're fucking up in school or fucking up with this, you know, you feel like maybe you're letting mom down or she's expressing that she's not happy with the decisions or the actions that you're taking. You could see that in the documentary as far as like the things that he was doing in the street or even with his music in general. Like what, what really like really hit me was a point where he just told like, mom, you do not listen to my music. And she's just like, hey, Christopher says don't listen to his music. Yes. I ain't gonna listen to his music. Like, and that was it, you know? Yeah. And that's that's exactly where I was going. Um, you know, um as a as a parent, you know, I'm speaking solely as a parent, you know, with whatever your kids accomplish, like you definitely you wanna feel a part of it because essentially you're you're living out a part of your own life that uh maybe you didn't get to live out during your 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 stay here on earth you know you get to live out through your kid for him to tell his mom not to listen to his music and then you know she she took it as law like she didn't listen to his music but the thing i got from it was that like even as big of a superstar he was he didn't want his mother to know all the fucked up shit he was getting into. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, no, he definitely he was didn't. Still, he was still like, he was still like, had that respect and wanted to impress his mom. So the duality of him being a huge rap star, but still feeling like a lot of that stuff he was rapping about was disappointing his mother. That was like, that was to me that was genius. And that's that stuff like, like a, a casual watcher or people who 
you know, if you're not a fan of documentaries, you're not gonna catch stuff like that. But the duality that he's a superstar rapper making millions, he got music on the radio, but he was worried about the approval of his mom. This is a millionaire, bro. Yeah. And he's worried about the approval of his mom, bro. So to me, that that spoke volumes, and it also gave me, it also gave me like a look into like some of his relationships with women and his life. You know, what I'm saying, and it, I mean, the nigga first album was named "Ready to Die," bro. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's 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 heavy. You know what I mean? Like this this is you know he's embarking on this whole new career. I mean, you're doing this big thing. You put a lot of work into producing that album and everything he went through, and like you're calling this shit ready to die, like, you know. But what's, you know, what what's what's interesting about that is that even you know, Puff, you know, or I don't know, I, don't know, I still I, I see, he's still Puff to me. You know, I know I know it's supposed to be P Diddy. It's funny because in the documentary, nah, he he Puff. We from we from. None of this millennial weirdo shit, and I'm a millennial. Yeah, we, we we're, we're millennials though, but we, we're just on the older yeah. we're on the older spectrum of, of yeah, older side of the spectrum. Puffy. You know what I'm saying? But it's, yeah, but it's funny though. Puffy. In 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 the documentary, it says P Diddy, formerly known as Puff Daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta put that in there. But he's puffed to us. You know that that's puffing shit. But you know, oh when, bro, did you did me, you see? Yeah, go ahead. Go you ahead. see when he told his mom? Did you see what he told his mom? What was Diddy name? And she was like. Oh, daddy, <laughs> the fuck kind of grown ass man calls himself Puff Daddy? That's, that's, like, that's exactly what I'm go ahead, didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no it's cool. Say. So, you know what I'm saying? So, what, what, um, oh man, oh yeah. So, shit, see, you, you cut me off. You made me forget the whole point that I had that I was gonna say about bringing. Oh yeah, so Puff, what Puff had mentioned though was that after that first album had dropped and the success that he had got from it, how his mentality changed. And mm-hmm. um, you know he wasn't—he was no longer on that ready to die shit no more. You know what I'm saying? Like he says it in the documentary of just like he was ready to live. Like he, you know, yeah. he wants to live for his kids and for his family and, and and for the people that were now heavily depending on him. You know, he was ready to live for them. And I just, you know, that was um, that was just you know that stood out a lot. And it makes his story so much more tragic and sad because. Yeah. He, you know, the the titles of his of his pieces of work, but behind that is the fact that he is realizing that, you know, one with the first album, yo, I, I got to give up the streets. The first album is a, is a success. He's a hit, and now he's ready to live. He's not ready to die. He's ready to live. He's trying to be out here. He's got all these dreams and plans for what he wants to do, you know, artistically, business wise, you know, personally in his personal life, by his mom's house and the third, and it's just like you know that's. That makes his story that much more tragic. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, man. So, getting to getting to, I had to say all that to, to get to the point I'm about to make. All right, let's go um, hit him with it. Hit him with it. This documentary really made me remember why I love um Biggie, and it also made me realize how much I love and liked Biggie way more than Tupac. Okay. All right. You know, you know what I'm, I'm going to say, and, and, I'm going to say uh, that I, I was expecting. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Tupac wasn't like talented. I'm not saying that yeah. he didn't have 
gonna say, but even even you know, just bringing it back to uh, I forgot the jazz player name that was talking about him, but it was a jazz player who who kind of uh, who kind of uh, matched he matched his flow or made his flow. Uh, he compared his flow. Sorry about that. He compared his flow to uh, this drummer, this jazz drummer that used to play and do like different riffs and stuff, bro. That was some of the most brilliant shit I ever seen in my life. Yeah, it really bro. was. I mean, that was something that from the documentary that I learned about Big and his life that I had no idea about prior from any other documentary that I had ever seen about him. That was something that I picked up that I had not previously known in all these years of, of listening to his music and watching documentaries about him. I never knew that, that he had this professional jazz musician living next door to him that he created a really close relationship with and that he would even go, you know, into the city and go to museums and would be studying jazz with. And the fact that when he when he, when the guy brought up, you know, and I, you know, I don't remember his name, she wrote it down, whatever, but he brought up that point about Biggie's cadence when he rhymed, how it matched that drummer's beat that was in the jazz group, and it's just like, damn, like that, like you said, that's how brilliant Biggie was. Like he, you know, he was so talented and so brilliant with his rhymes, you know that that's why it was so unique, and no one really to this day has ever matched something like that. Like his, like his voice itself and the cadence and everything was was such an was an instrument he was controlling on its own. You know, but but I want to do want to go back yeah. to your point about uh, how you appreciated him more. You realize you you liked him more than Pac, and I don't think that's that big of a hot t- hot that hot of a take. You know what I'm saying? Like I do. No, nah, but I, I know I know it's a lot of that's that's like it, you know Pac is. It's a I shot. I give you I give you one shot for that. You know what I'm saying? That's one shot right there. You know what I'm saying? But it, it ain't it ain't crazy though. It ain't crazy because I feel like a lot of people can um, agree with what you just said, and I myself watching this and watch listening to the origins of him really. I wouldn't say I would agree with you too. Like I really held Tupac up there very high, but now just on a lyrical front, on just like being a lyrical rapper and, 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 a, and a hip hop musician, Biggie is absolutely within the top three, if not number one oh, all time. Yeah, and 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 listen, right? Because there's this clip going around of uh, Chris Rock saying that you know Biggie didn't put in enough uh, work, but I have to dispute that. So he he was saying Chris Rock was saying Biggie didn't put in enough work to be in his top ten because yeah. his uh his, his, his career was that. so short. Yeah, he only did he only had but, two albums, but this is what I'm saying, bro. You yeah. gotta you gotta see everything is all about timing. You know what I'm saying? And this is what I'm saying. At the time that Biggie came out, like 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 Puffy said in a in a in a documentary. Yo, the West Coast was on fire, bro. The West Coast was on fire. They were. They were. They were. It was bro, owning it. They it was, was owning it, son. Like everybody thought yeah. it was owning shit. You know what I'm saying? They had that three-headed monster with Pac, Dre, and Snoop, and 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 wasn't nobody stopping that, man. You know what I'm saying? Like people gotta look at the whole overview. Yeah. And then this guy from Brooklyn. Well, that's the one thing though. I would say I would. I want. Let me. Let me. Cut you off real quick because that's the one thing that I feel like is, is maybe is not as accurate because when 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 Big was coming out and being popular with Ready to Die, Pac hadn't been a West Coast rapper yet. He hadn't moved to the West Coast yet. The West Coast was popular, but Pac was still on his 
like initial solo shit. He wasn't with Death Row yet, but the West yeah, Coast okay. was still really big though. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it was more or less just Suge, Dre, and Snoop. Snoop. So we talking. So that's even worse. Like we talking. It's not even the three headed monster yet. So maybe it wasn't the three headed monster till uh, Life After Death. I think more towards that. More towards that album. Yeah, but when it, he got. Yeah, it, it, right, it, you go, bro. No, I was saying it, it was more around the time I think that like, um, Ready to Die was was had already been released and it was wrapping up. That in that mm-hmm. 95, 94, but like 92, 93, that was like that West Coast scene was it was definitely Dre, Snoop, uh, you had Cube, you know, you had you had a lot of others, you had you know, MC eight, like they were like the, the whole the whole yeah. scene, Boys in the Hood movie was out, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole the whole scene definitely was on some West Coast shit, but Pac wasn't in that picture yet though. Yeah. And 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 yeah. Everything you see, and and that's correct. The reason why I put I put Biggie there because not only when he came on the when he came on the scene and, and you know you you was you know not to say you much older than me but you you kind of got more more insight to how it was around those times. I, I was still like running around here playing <laughs> in sand and shit, but I didn't know I didn't know how how much this when you when you think about you know everybody as puffy said everybody still had like that 80s flow and they were still trying to follow kane and yeah everybody everybody was behind the west coast because it was something different they yeah. still had that funk in their music but it was just something different nah, it was, i mean it was, so, it was it was it was you know that era snoop dogg's doggy style is like one of the just one of my favorite classic. albums classic albums just because like the whole time period like like you're describing is just like it was it was something that was so new and different and it just it, it took over like everything about west coast culture took over at that point in time yeah you know what I'm saying? like living growing up in new york city in harlem you know and, and at, at, at the point in time this is going on, i was probably still like you know 11 12 years old but even the kids that i'm going to school with like we all thought we was like you know what i'm saying in the west coast at that point in time like we you know what i'm saying we were out there you know, trying to crip rock and walk and, and you know, pretending we was, you know, gang bangs, whatever, just like, just, just cause that's what the, that's what was going on at the point, you know, at that point in time, like we were trying to emulate that as little kids, but we were full on as New York city children growing up, listening to hip hop, like fully dove into the whole West coast culture, you know, of just like, you know, those cars that, that you with the hot drugs, man, that shit is awesome. And the way they dance and, and, you know, just like a real laid back flow and, that honestly was, I would say, also say like my introduction to as well was was weed, was weed culture, you know, cannabis culture. Mm-hmm. I got, I jumped into that and really found out what, about what that was because of mm-hmm. Snoop and Dre and all of them. You know, what I'm saying the Chronic album. I mean, that Chronic album was phenomenal. The, the hits on that shit is just, you know, amazing. So they had the shit. They was running it. You know, what I mean, it was running. They had that shit yeah. locked down. You know, like and, and like you're saying, and you know, Biggie came along though with something that was just like. So brand new because Nas had his thing going, but it was still just like it was different. You know what I'm saying? Nas had his thing going, Mob Deep had their thing going, but yeah, the genius of 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 Big Style mixed with the production genius of Puff brought it to a whole other level because this is also again the early 90s. So you still do have lingering effects of the 80s style of music in there, and I don't just mean hip-hop wise i mean pop wise so puffy yeah. understood like 
yo, I can take those those kind of like hits from the 80s, just the sounds and the beats, but put this hardcore street shit from Big on there, marry mm-hmm. the two together, and make something that nobody has ever heard of. Because that's what the West Coast was doing. The West Coast was taking a lot of funk music from like the 70s and 80s and putting it with their gangster shit. You know, saying like you know the, yeah. the, that Parliament Funkadelic and all that shit, and, and making their own version of it. Puff did his own version of it on the East Coast, and it was beautiful. And I'm gonna say this: all of that is correct, bro. You just gave me the ultimate hip hop lesson, like. And then we're gonna get it. We're gonna get more into that. But I'm gonna say this, and then we're gonna we're gonna take a question from one of our listeners. But um, the reason why I like I say that Biggie is in the top ten because. Um, Biggie, Biggie was basically, he basically, he built Bad Boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we oh, could, yeah, we could say that. Boy, like, you know, it was he him. was a bad boy. And by the time Pac got to death row, they was already death row. So if you want to put Yeah, you're right, Pac, you're right. You got to kind of put, you got to put Biggie in your top 10. He, he, him and Puff, they built something for the ground up. And it was based around Biggie's sound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, Pac basically went to the Warriors. Like, that's the equivalent of KD going to the... <laughs> it was. Now, you know what? That's a good analogy. It was. It was. Yeah, definitely Dre. was. Yeah, had, had Dre and he had Snoop and Death Row. And Big had this guy that was under Andre Harrell. And they, they built Bad Boy. And from Bab, from Biggie, we got Mace. From Biggie, we got Lil' Kim. We got Junior Mafia. We got 112. We got Total. From Pac, we got the Esau Boys. And now we can take a listener. Ah, right, yeah. Let's see what they what they say. Nothing in the audience. I don't know what the yeah, fuck I is know, that. I don't know what that was, but let's get that out of here. But thanks for sharing that, though, buddy. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Shit, trash. All right, <laughs> but oh. Um, <laughs> 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 but <laughs> hey, bro, hit it again, hit it again, bro. Oh, we talk about we talk about big man, and yeah. uh, I don't know why he sent that, but to add on to what I was saying before that trash came on, um, yeah, Pac, 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 great, great rapper, just like. You know, KD, he's a great basketball player. But you went to a championship team and you won more championships. And, and you know, Big Big kind of had to get his out of the dirt, man. Well, you know what? Even though Craig Craig Mack was there first. Craig, Craig Mack was yeah, there that's first. Right, that's, that is right. That's Craig, cool. Craig Mack was there first. But, and, and Flavor in Your Air was huge, especially the remix. Woo, especially yeah, the yeah. remix. Woo, that was crazy. So. That was crazy. The Flavor in Your Air remix was, was heavy. I, that was heavy. I can't say that 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 big definitely like just came into something and built it from the ground. But after he dropped Ready to Die, everything was built around sounding like Juicy and oh, Bad yeah, Boy. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. just what they was on. They, um, I mean, you know, Puff, they, they, he curated his own, he curated his own sound, you know, and 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 made. You know, ch- change the course of, of you know just hip hop history and hip hop culture in general with Big. And he, you know, he truly was just you know a phenomenal, uh, you know, magnificent genius of an artist. You know, and Absolutely. and 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 
and I, and, I, and I'll tell you this because because I'm somebody who definitely used to really rank um, Pac very high, just simply because like I understand you know like his his music wasn't always the most um, I guess the most sound or the, or the most appealing, but you know I, I liked the um, like the content of what it was that he was spitting because it it at least you know for me growing up and listening to what what hip hop and rap music was like in the eighties, where there was very much a lot of um, a lot of music that was based around you know black folks, poor black folks and poor brown folks in the Hispanic community trying to better themselves and get out of the conditions they were in and telling their stories. You know, that that's where hip hop came from. The South Bronx, we, we you know, was was just burning, it was rumble, it, it was it was just, you know, a forgotten wasteland where you have all these Hispanic and black kids growing up with, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. forgetting about you and just writing you off and you find a way to create something to get away from the, you know, just death and despair and the dismal conditions that you're living in. And it created some, so like the, the, the whole early 80s sound definitely represented that. And I felt like Pac was, was carrying on that, that, that lineage, you know? So that's why I really ranked him so high because I like, he didn't have the best producers. He didn't make the best sounding songs, but like his words though were, so good and great which is why I, I think a lot of people put him so high up on the list but the thing that bothers me so much now that after definitely watching the um the documentary on netflix about big's life you know and, and just thinking back to some information you know that that you know when i when i think about that whole time period was also just like the fact that Pac's downfall came about because he kind of just put himself around the wrong people and that and that goes to what you were saying about him going to join death row and everything else was just like he had been on a decline of just like putting himself in these positions and these places around people that he really should not have been around you know and do you think and not to cut you off but this is something that i always like i this is my mantra for like all the young men that surround me and you know all my cousins and stuff like that yo I know so many tough guys that's funny and humble guys, bro. They're, they're really the the loudest guy in the room. And to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think, I think as much as, you know, it was a duality with Pac. Like, Pac could make a song about respecting a woman and then the next song would be calling her a bitch. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, Pac, bro. He could make, that's just the way it is. And then he could make, I get around, bro. That was just who yeah, he was and, was and it was the uh you know the complexities of a man of a of a person not even just a man but the complexities of a person and the dualities of all of us but the one thing you get from the uh from the documentary is that big basically became a superstar from being himself and he was really yeah. in the streets yeah and was... he wasn't even trying to go back and forth with Pac. that was yeah, it was very authentic. He was trying of the static and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he but that's what that's what real. I, I tell this to people all the time. Real street dudes really don't want to be in the street. Like that's yeah. just a fact. And 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 real street dudes is not trying to go to jail. They not trying to. They 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 not trying to be in a predicament where they have to kill nobody. It doesn't it doesn't even make sense for Biggie to be at where he was. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as his career, to have that man like set up and shot, like yeah, it, it just didn't make no that, sense. 
But Pac knew. But Pac. But that's the thing, though. Pac knew that, and Pac knew who was behind that. But because, basically, him speaking out on them to begin with, because he had he caught that rape charge, is what let him getting shot anyway. Like he was acting so erratic around that, and he was just saying he was talking reckless in the media. And then, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stories around it. You know, and and the stories you know involve different individuals like Jimmy Henchman or um, Haitian Jack. And what's interesting is that another there's another um, hip hop documentary that's currently out on FX or Hulu that's called um, Damn the name escapes me, but it is definitely about the kind of under underground underworld connection that um, in within hip hop to certain figures mm-hmm. like Haitian Jack. And he, J- Haitian Jack is part of the documentary in which they're talking about his story and several other individuals. It's called um, Hip Hop Undercover. Uh, you know, and it features people like um, Haitian Jack, uh, Trick Trick from Detroit. Uh, they, you, yeah, know, they, trick, you can't you can't go to Detroit and not say Trick Trick. You know, so they, there's a few other people that are involved in this that pretty much, you know, are from like, you know, the gritty true street gutter side of hip hop and its origins that were really helping artists get on and financing a lot of shit. And Haitian Jack is in there. He's telling the story about like, you know, the whole quad studios incident in which Pac does get shot. And he says about Pac, like, you know, we caught, he caught that case and other people were involved with that case, but he was just like, yo, Pac didn't treat it as he should have. You know, he basically, If he was really a street dude, a street person, he wouldn't wouldn't have about handling it the way that he did, and that caused what happened to happen. You know, obviously he's not going to incriminate himself in anything, but he's basically just saying like, "Yo, like Pac didn't." You know what I'm saying? Like he was talking a lot of he talked a lot of street shit, thug like this, whatever the case may be. But when this case came up, he didn't handle it in the way that Haitian Jack felt a real street dude would have handled it. You know, and that's what led to to you know the incident. Yeah, to me, and then after you know, after I say this, we could take this listening. Hopefully, yeah. this is somebody with something to say. Yeah. But Pac, Pac, you know, I think he struggled with being himself. You know what I'm saying? And he he just would have been cool like being the kid that was raised by a Black Panther. Like that's a whole story yeah, by I mean, itself. Yeah, that, that was that, that was and definitely you, more than enough. I agree with you. And 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 just to see how um, I think that's the thing that shocked me most is like Biggie. You know, even when rappers talk about Biggie Smalls, they talk about how much into the streets he was. It was, it's crazy to see that poise from him because he understand what's at stake. And when you see how Pac handled it, that there's there's nothing street about that. Like criminals, criminals are trying not to get caught, and Pac was just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like know, come get me. He was yeah. just, he was just reckless. You know, he he's he's in the street, but you know, at the same time, it's just like. He's he's like the the issue with Pacwood that I feel like was just the fact that he was trying to again balance that duality where he is is this superstar. He's a super super like he was bigger than Biggie at that time. You know, he was a super superstar. He's doing movies. He already has multiple albums out. He's a superstar figurehead in hip hop. But then he's also again just in places in in in, in the real like gutter gutter of places that many people talked about treacherous talked about this many people have talked about this when it came to Pac. like you would find Pac at like a hood party just like and it's like yo dude like you a hollywood star like why are you just chilling 
and, and, and Pac's mentality was, uh, and part of his just, I guess like, that's like the, the Black Panther upbringing in him was like, he was like, yo, I'm around my people. Like, this is where I'm from. They, yeah. they love me. I love and it, them. And, and, and I, and I want to be reachable and accessible. But that made him reachable and accessible to the wrong people. Yeah. And, and that was his downfall. And I don't think Biggie, Biggie didn't have that. Biggie had a puff who told him, who went down to North Carolina to tell him, yo, like, this hustling shit, selling this crack, yo, that shit is dead. We, we're working on music. You're going to be a musician. Yeah. Trust me. You know, let's buy into this and just trust me. You know what I'm saying? And That's and- the thing about having, um, because another thing we get from the documentary is, man, Biggie has some good people around him. He did. He even, did. even the hood guys was like, look, man, like, you good at selling drugs, but you better at this, bro. You better at rapping. He was so nice at it too. Like they, they show those old clips of him just standing on the street when he was rapping with that the against the battling the other dude. It was a very famous clip. You know, I'll see if I can find it. But you know, like it was just classy. He, he tore dude up like his wordplay. Like it, this. Like if you love hip hop and you like rap music and you're into hip hop culture and rap music, you have to watch this documentary and listen to the origins and just how talented this individual was before he was even signed like when he was just in the street rapping against people with a fucking microphone and a big ass boom box like he was nice like you know what I'm saying like he, like, he wasn't like you could take half the shit you could take all you could take his freestyles of him standing on a fucking corner in Brooklyn and put that out today and it's better than like 80% of these new kids is rapping out now you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like at at 14, 15, 16 years old, Biggie was that nice. He was he was that ahead of his time. You know, you you want to mm-hmm. you want you want to take a a message? Yeah, let's take. We got we got two two listeners with something to say. All right, let's see what they got to say. <laughs> uh, B Blair, it looks like you're beatboxing with your avatar. With- yeah, I don't know what. I'm not even gonna listen to the rest um, of that. Next, thank you though. Yeah. Um, what you. was the second one? Oh no, we gonna get to it. We'll, we'll, oh, I skipped the second one too. Damn. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Damn. All right, listen. Oh, well. said, <laughs> shit happens. Yeah, hey yo, <laughs> y'all got it. all listeners out there, bro. Don't, don't me, me and Brian, we being we're behaving, bro. Don't come in here being weirdos. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 come in here being goofy. Don't be goofy. Don't be weirdos. Don't be stupid. We're very unfiltered. We, we, we're trying to uh, you know we're trying to build something and hopefully you guys enjoy it but I know Brian he's real like rated R and I'm like rated RR <laughs> no I'm a joke I'm a funny guy too so yeah just if, if, if you don't have nothing commenting on what we're speaking about like it's all good just listen yeah but let's, let's um. So, so look, I found the clip this, this is the clip I'm talking about right here Check this out. Son, yo, son, oh like, come God, on, bro, yo. like, bro, yo, bro. And, and and when you watch this clip, he's standing in front of a corner store. He's not even looking fresh, bro. Like, like his outfit is wet. Dude, the dude, bro, 
Like he's cooking I, him. Son. I probably would have had to him, poke son. big, bro. He's big would have had to get him, poked son. that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get embarrassed big, out there. Big would have got poked that day, bro. That shit. That shit wasn't Man, fair, he, son. That shit wasn't fair. That shit wasn't fair, bro. That, that, that's. I mean, that, that's that's like. That's like catching LeBron James back when he was playing high school against some of them high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a high school freshman, and it's LeBron James back in high school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just looked like that, you could just see one dude is on his way to something special, and he's just, like, shitting on these people, these other average motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, it was one more thing I wanted to point out about the documentary. Nah, it slipped my mind. It's, it's but like, um, it'll, it'll come back to you. But 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 in the meantime, was there anything about Big about his life that you would say you learned that you didn't already previously know from the documentary? Um, I think you you know they came out with a movie ahead of this, so I think wait there was a movie. The movie there was a, about yeah about Biggie. And Derek Luke played Puffy. You remember that movie, bro? Are you talking about Notorious? I think it was called Notorious. Oh, that yeah, joint. Notorious. Yeah, I mean, th- that was entertaining. Mm. It was entertaining. I liked it. They, but this they was different. This was different. Yeah, this was way different. Even the the blocks that they was hustling on, bro. Like back then, I was talking to um one of my family members, and they uh. Them blocks wasn't nothing like standing on the blocks hustling and, and shit like that. That wasn't nothing, man. That that's one thing I didn't know, bro. I didn't know Biggie was outside like that. <laughs> now, he, was, he was a corner boy. He was out I there. didn't know. I didn't. I didn't really know he was outside. He dropped like that, out of but... school, 14, 15 years old. So you know what I'm saying, Southern Krills, man, moving crack. That's crazy. 14, 15 years old, man, like. Yeah, you know, but I mean, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, the way the way just his I don't know, bro, the way the way his guys was behind him and the way like it wasn't one bad word said about this man. The whole you know you usually got one that be like, yo, Big was on some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like you usually always got one. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they they're out there and they exist, but you know the the people who are going to be a part of these projects. I mean, what could they? You know, they couldn't say nothing negative because just like first off, as far as talent goes, like you hear the way that we're talking about him and we didn't know him. Imagine you knew him. Imagine you were you were like you were on the block with him chilling and you knew that this guy had this talent and you see him take that talent to the heights that he took it. Like that's gonna be so inspirational. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mm-hmm. It's just so inspiring and, and, and just mesmerizing to see, like, someone who has that kind of ability and talent and do something with it, especially when you're coming from the conditions that, you know, they lived in and where he was coming from. Like, it's just, there's so much pride, and you can get that sense of pride through everyone that was being interviewed in the documentary. And it was just, it was really just joyful to watch. And and, and the, the the clips, the candid clips of him and and finding out, you know, that Biggie was someone who was more into singing and harmonizing than he was actually about rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just get to see those candid clips of him, like, just having a good time and singing. It's just like, you get a really good peek into his personality. And like I said, you know, we said in the beginning, he was just brilliant, and you get to see it yeah. in, in, in raw yeah. form. 
you know and it's just like those you know and there, there's so there's so many i'm pretty you know there's so many more others that are out there like that that come from where we come from and they're brilliant and they have talent and skill and just because of a few circumstances that are out of their control based into where they were born into namely just being born into poverty it doesn't get to be nourished or exercised or explored or shared with the world but there's plenty of those out there you know what i'm saying there's plenty more out there and you know he was able to rise above it all again thankfully because he met the right people at the right time and they had his back and they believed in him you know and for me personally when i think of like when i think of the artists that have passed the creators that have passed you know some great names there's definitely a lot of great names out there even outside of hip-hop but definitely for me personally i like i I feel like I wish that if I could bring back anyone, it would have been big. Not to bring him back, but to not have him left us at such a young age. Because I would love to see what he could have grown into, where he would be at at this point in time. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God! Like, what can do you, you think even he would imagine? Be, you know, bro. Can you imagine? Let's let's say, because in the grand scheme of things, let's say Jay Z and The Rock still happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And let's, Say at the time that Jay Z is on his up uprising, Big is basically the Drake. You know, he's Drake of our time or whatever. He's 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 Jay of that time, but Jay is coming up or whatever. Bro, could you even imagine Big on a Kanye West beat, bro, or just Blaze beat or a Swiss? Oh, bro, can you imagine Biggie on the Swiss beats, bro? Should have been crazy. Should would have been. I mean. It, it, the way that hip hop was going at that point in time, it just, it, it would have, he still would have been above it all. I mean, you know, the G Unit era, the, the the Cash Money era, he still would have been top dog. Him and Jay Z would have been top dog, but I think he would have definitely have still. I think he would have been overshadowing uh, Jay Z just because, like, skill wise, just literally skill wise, I, I can't think of bad big songs you know what i'm saying i can't think of any bad ones i can think of one of the ones that maybe i don't listen to as much as others and that's mainly because maybe they're a little bit more on the just like darker sadder side like especially from ready to die like they were just yeah, kind of die. like some more depressing songs on there but yeah but even those it's still in a very it, it's still done so artistically and, and, and like his his wordplay and his lyrics, lyricism is still so good that it's still like you can still see his skill. And I think after Life of the Death, had he not died, he would have went on to making more albums and working with collaborating with, like you said, other producers that were then up and coming, like in the late nineties, early two thousands. Like should have been oh crazy, God, bro. bro. Like that should have been. Nuts. I couldn't, man. But I do think, like, give me, give me a a big J and Beanie Siegel track. From two thousand one, nuts with a just blaze beat. Nuts. That'd have been nuts. Man, just give me, just give me Big J on a on a on a Kanye beat, or give me, give me. Oh, son, that'd have been crazy, yeah. man. That should have been ill. Or give me, man. And what what you also got to understand is that, you know, at at the time of his demise, he was actually trying to set himself apart from Bad Boy. And have his own label and things like that. Yeah, he would have been out there. Um, he would have been able to probably find other talent. Who knows who he would have been able to discover from Brooklyn? 
or whatever. Yeah. So can you even, bro? What about? I mean, I, I these are just, of course, you know, I'm just a fan of hip hop, but I can even see a Jay Z and Big like watch the throne type situation. Ooh, man, listen. And that and, and watch the throne is a great album. Like I'm not, it I'm is. not knocking. But watch the throne. A whole but Jay and Big album is different. That's a different animal. Kanye. Any day, <laughs> yeah. Any 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 day do we? I mean, Kanye can still do the beats. I let Kanye do the beats, but lyrically, yeah, again, you're, like there aren't too many people that are going to overshadow Big on a track. It just doesn't. It just didn't happen. Like you don't really see that happen, man. Like Big Big was had the had the ability to go out there and do two voices, two like personalities on the track. You know what I'm saying? When you think of "Give Me the Loot" and he's playing two people at once on the track. That's just like I mean the talent in that you know and just he was so good at it man he was he really was for me something that I that I didn't um, know that I learned from the documentary one I didn't know about his relationship with that jazz player that lived in his building but two I didn't I wasn't aware that the reason why he had stopped using the name like performance wise Biggie Smalls was because. There was an, an another artist who actually had the name Biggie Smalls. Name Biggie Smalls, and was just like, which, yeah, no, cease and desist. You can't use that. That's my name. Which is why yeah. he went with and you then, know Tories Big all over everything. And we only know you. We only know you, sir, from Notorious Big. I don't know nothing about no nobody named Biggie Smalls. And he and he spelled it me. weird too. So they had like a Y at the end. You know what I mean? Like that just didn't sound. Yeah. That didn't seem proper. You're trash, sir. Because <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you know if he's still living or not. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know, but yeah, I you know he he gotta give him some credit for even thinking of I guess the name you know and using it for whatever he was using it for. You know, Big used it better, but I didn't I didn't know that I didn't know that that he actually had to legally stop using Biggie Smalls. You know, you know, and you know what's something that stood out to me from the documentary as great as it was. You know, we get to see Puff in there. We get to see Faith. We get to see his, you know, obviously Big's mom. D Rock is in there. Lucy's in there. But there's no little Kim. Yeah. And I would, and I, would I, I would, I would like, would have liked to hear from her about Big. And it just, I don't think I've ever have really since his passing. Really. Yeah. That's that's one thing. That's where they, you know, they they got it right with C's. I would love to see. I would have liked to see Jay in there too, Jay and Kim. Okay, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. hey, bro, not to get off subject, but I think because of the music in the back, it do look like you beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that what, is, is that what the dude was saying? If that was what he was saying, I probably listen to the rest of the message. I didn't. I didn't. I just cut him off because I just felt like what you're saying had nothing to do with. The show, but he's it looks like I'm beep. See, because I don't see my own face on this app. I don't see my I don't see my little avatar on the app. So you're saying my mouth is moving with the beat in the background. He was like, "I right, Crocky, your mouth is moving." I don't know what the fuck he was saying. Man. Yeah, my mouth is moving. Don't worry about it. That's crazy. He was looking at your mouth, bro. That's crazy. He need he need to chill out with that, bro. He need to chill out with that. It do look like you beatboxing though, because you got the music. <laughs> I would take a, I would take a video and send it to you. <laughs> you gotta put that in a montage, son. Yo, that's crazy. 
Oh, it's like beatbox to go to Logan. You not say look, don't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you having fun over there with this shit. You're having fun, I see. Yo, that's crazy. All right, so maybe, maybe I should have let his message rock. I didn't mean to cut it off. Cause I didn't know what he was bro. saying. I just didn't, I didn't want to waste time with him saying some shit that you know what I'm saying. Cause I was in, I was in the mood. I was in the I'm in the groove, man. We talking about big. We talking about notorious Big. Rest in peace. You know, go see that Netflix. I got a story to tell. Cause it's definitely worth it. You know what I'm saying. So you know, I didn't want to hear no bullshit. It was, it was, bro. I like the I like the uh, one thing we didn't get to, but the visuals. How they made how they made everything look so retro. Yeah, yeah. To, was... to that time, that was dope. Uh, just like if you went into that type of stuff, like the overlaying and you know the 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 vintage New York and yeah, no, it had that true vintage New York feel. That was, was yeah, good shit. it was gritty. It was gritty, and it, it uh, I think I think one of the most um, one of the most uh, like revealing or most emotional times in the whole movie, or like uh transparent when he was transparent was like he had on the all black and i think that was that was a segment when he was with his mom but he was by himself in that point he was like like yeah like my mother don't know what i'm rapping about or anything like that <laughs> why you put on the boot thing bro oh i did i ain't you i ain't my bad. <laughs> yeah, i ain't no heaven <laughs> no, you know what's funny about that part you're talking about though? Yo, how you tell your moms that the that the crack on the plate is just old dried up mashed potatoes? <laughs> like, <Yo>. <laughs> so, <laughs> you ain't got no better lies to come up and say that shit is old mashed potatoes, mom. Yeah. His yo. mom found yo, a I, plate of crack. I remember in the room. movie. I remember in the movie, yo, he was pissed, bro. I would be pissed too, so she threw out a whole plate of crack cocaine. He was like, yo, that wasn't no fucking mashed potatoes. First of all, the dude that they had playing them, yo, he was like 40, playing an 18-year-old kid, bro. Like, Yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't crazy <laughs> about that move. That, that notorious movie was just like, it was, it just, it, it felt cheesy, man. I, I don't, I've, I think maybe because, I think it's easier to view and watch those kind of biopic movies about people that weren't from your era that you didn't know. So it's easier to like, sit there and view them whoever is playing them mm-hmm. but to sit there and watch a movie about big where it's just like i grew up on big i grew up with him being such a like a major part you know and, and you know being such a huge hip-hop head that i am being a major part of my life so it's just like watching that movie just kind of just felt like certain things didn't sit right with me as far as like the casting i was just like dude didn't do a, a terrible job but it was just like some cases like that him being a young dude was just like, man, I don't, I don't get big vibes from this guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, you and, know what? Oh no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And um, yeah, but to bring it back to my um, to what I was saying, that was um, you know, the when he was sitting on that couch and he was inside his old apartment, that was like, that was like brilliant footage, and now that that made me, that made me uh. It, it kind of made me love him even more, man. I was like, I wish he would have got a, like a longer shot. You know what For I'm saying? Real? I wish he would have got his full career. And it, I'm not, I'm not blaming nobody. I'm not, I'm not trying to insinuate anything. But I think if Pac would have just dialed it down just a little bit, bro, 
Pac we was might reckless, man. still have we might still have both of them, man. Pac, Pac, Pac was just he was he was so reckless, and then he went and, and joined sides with Suge Knight, who was even infinitely more infinitely more reckless. You know what I'm saying? Who just had he had his own grudge against Puff about against Puff already, so he was just manipulating the system and cooking it up to to the point that it got at. You know what I'm saying? Like he was like he was just. The instigator. That's 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 who. That's what we witness. We witness what happens out here in the streets, like you said, where it's just like you have one completely just reckless and overly aggressive individual who is trying to just make shit happen that doesn't need to happen, and cooler heads are trying to prevail and they're trying to be chill and trying to just be like, yo, man, like we don't like this is not what we're about. We don't want this, and it just. You know, it, it goes left and people die because of it. And that's just a story that happens over and over again in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Just like egos and, and cooler heads can't prevail. You know, like it's just, you know, it, it, it really is a serious issue that has just does not go away. You know, you can look at the street violence that's taking place in, in, in spots like Chicago where it's just like, you know, that shit just doesn't, it doesn't end. It just becomes tit for tat and it's, it's a body for a body or... You know, someone yeah. does everything's about retribution. Or- and we don't. And that's that's the only thing I probably hate about hip hop is how much of it is uh, too much of it is tied to the streets. Well, music period is tied to the streets in, in one way or another. But I just hate that, uh, you know, how much hip hop is tied into the streets and how much that in a, controls in a like, negative way where it's just like, you know, yeah. If you if you if you're making money off of records, man, like you and and you growing up, you coming from the neighborhood you're coming from, the life you live in, I mean, you gotta feel happy enough to be able to provide for your family and loved ones because there's so many people who just aren't getting that opportunity, who aren't gonna be able to, who are never going to see the kind of money that some of these guys are seeing where they can go and just splurge on a fucking chain. That's a hundred thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like people in the hood aren't making a hundred thousand dollars in a year. They ain't making that shit in a decade. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And it, it seemed like it seemed like you know not to say uh, you know I hope don't I don't I don't like for rappers rappers to die or whatever. But it seemed like every time somebody or artist is introducing a new style, like Biggie was like really introducing a new style, and um, you know. I think Jay Jay took that and ran with it. You know, he a lot of his yeah. biggest records on like soul samples, and so Jay took it in. He made it his, and he was able to flourish from it. But when you look at like these guys that's dying, like Pop Smoke, like he, you know, God rest his soul, but he's bigger dead than he was alive, and he's pretty yeah. big alive. But man, to say that I've been this guy been on the radio for like a year and a half straight. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't know how. Same thing with Nipsey Hussle. Like we just don't know how. It's true. Talented, creative these guys are, and how much they had to give to the game until they gone. And that's why, like, I try. I know me personally. I always try to like. I was like one of the first ones on Kendrick Lamar, and I was like, God, please don't let nothing happen to this dude. Yeah, before yeah, he, man. That was... Before you get big, because good, good kid, Mad City. It's a classic like a, a audio movie, bro. That's a classic, like, bro. That's one of those. That's one of those albums. That's one of those albums where it's just like that. That is in my my. That, that's hanging with a banner. Yeah, that me. that we gotta have that talk. Like maybe top 
10 albums in the last we could do that what we you want to do we could do that we by decades do, we, if you want you know, we could do it through decades or so. yeah oh we got it we got to listen oh we got let's see what they got to say hopefully this is something valuable Yo, yo, what's good? B, B Blair, C Morrison, Junkie Dave here checking y'all out. Uh huh. Yeah, so I'm gonna vibe out, check out the convo, and I'll probably send in another uh, message with my input. But yeah, Pocket's one of the greats. He was trying to shut that man up. Yeah, what up, Junkie yeah. Dave? We, we appreciate what's uh, up, Junkie? Appreciate your input. You know, we went, we're just here vibing, you know, talking about the Netflix, Notorious Big uh, documentary that came out. You know, if you didn't see it, make sure you do get to your chance to go see it. I got a story to tell, you know, and definitely Tupac is, is forever linked in eternity to Big. And those are two, definitely two of the greatest, as you know, I don't know if you how long you've been listening, but, you know, definitely two of the greatest to do the hip hop thing, you know, to be in the hip hop game. You know, but as we said before, just like it feels like Pac's kind of just just pride and bravado and just his attitude really, you know, turned up a situation more than it should have been and, and, and cost us both of those young men lives. And and, and, and this and this is something, Chris, and I want you to I want you to, to speak to this. This is something that for me, as I was watching the documentary, because we're watching this documentary in 2021. And in the year 2021, I'm 39 years old, and I'm watching this documentary about Notorious B.I.G. But as I'm watching it, and I'm and I'm looking at him in, in the live footage, I still feel like he is older than me. Like, I didn't, I didn't really sit there and, and watch the documentary as a 39-year-old. I sat there and watched the documentary as like the 13 year old that was growing up listening to his music. And it's, and, and, and time is such a weird thing in that sense where, you know, it, it, it freezes itself where I can sit and watch footage of Biggie Smalls and be transported to 1993 where I was 12 years old. And I'm thinking about, you know, the first times listening to him, you know, on a super cat record and shit like that. And it's just like, it still seems like, even though I've, long have outgrown him i mean the guy died at 24 years old but it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way to me at least it doesn't you know like it's some kind of like i don't know time paradox or whatever where i just feel like he still continued to age with me but no he didn't he died at 24 years old i'm far removed mm -hmm. from 24 years old. i'm 15 years past that but i still feel like he is ahead of you know what i'm saying like i don't, I don't know if i'm making sense of it but i just feel like as i watched it I was transported into that, that that space and that time and that mind frame of being a young teenager listening to this far older gentleman spit these, you know, poetic tales. Yeah. I everything everything you said was on point. And like I said earlier, I think if if Pac would have just dialed it down just a little bit, bro. It might, they might, they might have had a chance. They both but might still be here. At the, at the same time, in a, let's just say, just throwing shit at the wall. Like, let's just say what Pac saying was valid, right? Let's say like the industry was trying to shut him up, or, you know, 
we I don't know what did well, he get I think, into I, behind. Well, I think that was true. So I don't want to control, but I do want to say I do think that Pac's messaging definitely was something that like was becoming like less popular. He was he, he was very militant and rebellious in his messaging, but I also I still mm-hmm. feel that like he himself and his and his own attitude and his own worldview fell into a trap of surrounding himself around people that he should not have been around. And that led to his downfall yeah. and, and, and led to the, the entire situation as we know it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he was, we, he, got, we got three. Uh, all, right, all right. Let's go see what the people were talking about then. You know, that's what we're here for. Right. Yo, Brian, I felt the same exact way. Like somehow he was older. You have to consciously think about the fact that he's in his like early twenties. Like these kids died young and you forget about that, especially with Tupac, like the stuff he was saying for his age, you forget that, you know, he's just a kid, really. Uh, beautifully said, Angel. Beautifully said. And I completely agree. And it's so weird watching, like, documentaries about Pac and Big Nail. Just, like, you know, I mean, for us, you know, like, they are our, I guess they are our, like, Fred Hamptons and, and Huey Newtons and, and, and Malcolm X's for a generation past who were watching them grow up and die very young. But for us, this is what we had, and it's just like it's it's you can watch them, and you get still transported to that time and place, man. Let's let's, let's go to the next message. See what the people are talking about. Yo, um, speaking about that time paradox type of thing, it's that energy. Music is uh, it's one of the. My bad. I think I sent a message, but yeah, um, the music thing, it's uh. It's a different type of art. Like it's it's, it's connected to the spirituals. It's, it's frequencies, uh, vibrations, um, and you know energy cannot be destroyed. So you get this uh, feeling that attaches to this energy that you're receiving off the music, off the vibrations, and you feel good and 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 it's a a, a memorable moment in your life. So when you hear that later on. It kind of triggers that memory, that feeling, and you could literally, uh, like you said, transcend time and space uh, to be present in a situation that has already passed. And I think that's pretty dope about music. God damn, damn Junkie Dave. That boy, shit. That boy <laughs> got bars. Yeah, you broke that shit down, son. Down, boy. Yo, shout out to Junkie Dave. Shout out bro. to Junkie Thanks. Dave. Man. Shout out Junkie Dave, man. Shout out Junkie Dave, bro. Thank you, sir. Thank you but, for but putting just, that just down. To build, just to build on what he was saying, all this shit is just is is energy. And and that's why that's why you you went back to those times when you heard those records and I when did, you, man, when I you did. songs. It is because music does it transcends everything. And it, it that's that's somebody's story. So that's that's you know, that's exchanging energy, everything. You know what I'm saying? So man, I can't I can't even build on that. Like yeah, shout no, out to I Junkie mean, Dick. You know what I'm saying? He 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 laid that down perfectly, and, and just but you know, but that, that's he described what it was that I was feeling. I was as I was watching this, you know, documentary where again, like I said, just so much about it. Like I didn't grow up in Brooklyn. I grew up uptown in Harlem, Manhattan. But you know, just like seeing the footage, 
you know the the the, the corner store the way the, the the way it looked the, the the way the colors of footage from like the early 90s looked like that shit just took me back to a whole place you know and again like i said like i just i just felt like that 12 13 year old kid again listening to you know notorious big for the first time and it was just like it, it was the documentary was that well done it was that well done where like you know it, it really i really connected to it and i think if you are a fan of hip-hop and rap music that you are going to be connected to it in the same way if you were you know if you were alive during that period in the time where like you were old enough to be enjoying the music at that point in time then you're definitely going to connect to it the way that i i did and even if you're a little bit on the younger side you can still connect to it because they're just you know it's just the story itself it was transcend. just so, yeah it transcends you know and that's what that's what I, I think I didn't get that till I got older and I, I started listening to music because now I do have a a tolerance. It was at one point, bro, I could listen to anything, but now, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm still I'm still in my young thirties or whatever. But you know, that's when that I remember you was telling me, uh, that's when that shift happens. When you <laughs> yeah, when yeah. your hair start to change and and what you could tolerate start to change. It does it does um, it definitely changes albums, you know and and some of those albums that's that's i i had to go back and, and listen to some of that stuff and then it kind of remind me um like how you were saying like you went back to being like a 13 year old kid when you heard, heard biggie um i think that's where i go in my mind like when i hear like because you know jay-z was probably like that was my biggie you know what i'm saying that was that was what I pretty much grew up on. Then I had to actually backtrack to listen to those two Biggie albums, you know? So, yeah, it's the same thing, bro. You just go back in your head to them times when you yeah. first heard them songs and well, you know, it's, when it's, you first heard the lyrics. You know, music has, that, music has that effect on us. I also think smells have that effect on us where you can smell something and be transported, you know, in your in your brain, in your memory to another place, another time. You know what I'm saying? Like you can you can smell a particular thing and be transported to that vacation you had on, on you know on whatever island, whatever case. Like shit is crazy like that. You know when when you when you connect into other senses that aren't just off of sight. You know because I feel like sight is always the given, and and we're always just like based on what we see. But sometimes, you know, if you just close your eyes and you just go for what is it you smell or what is it you hear, and it just like it really does bring back memories to you. And you know, it just it was a nice experience watching, you know, that Netflix documentary on Big. You know, it it brought back a lot. And for me, you know, I really do enjoy going back and listening to. I mean, I enjoy music, current music, but I really do like like I was explaining to you, like you get to a point where just like especially with the way that technology has advanced so much, there's so much access to so much music that it just simply became hard for me to keep up with, you know, just with, you know, everything in life. I can't, I can't find where all the music is happening at because there's so much of it happening all the time everywhere. So I kind of just like confine myself to a space of listening to a lot of older shit and, and reconnecting with a lot of older shit. And I just mean like not necessarily just from my youth, but even from generations past. Like I'll go back into the sixties and listening to music from the sixties, you know, political music from the sixties and you know, disco music from the seventies, pop music from the eighties, just like 
getting the feel for what was going on in the world at the time and it really does transport you into places you know and it just you know i don't know what it's like for a younger person today who doesn't who, who didn't grow up in the analog world that we did you know where we had radios oh, and walkmans or cd players oh, you know because kids today have they have digital everything and they have a million and one artists at their disposal who you know what I'm saying like you, you you can just take a tour through any type of MP3 music app, and you will find artists you've never heard of making all sorts of music that you didn't even know existed. And it's just like, how do people know about this? How are they finding this, bro? But I, I used to I used to sit by my radio, bro. I used to buy a tape for a dollar. Well, they wasn't they wasn't a dollar, but they probably like three dollars or something like that. But Bro, you used to, if you ain't have those albums, like if you wanted to hear your favorite song by your favorite artist, you had to wait to after the, the DJ stopped talking, record. When they played the song, you hit record. And then right before they came back on, when you knew the song was going to end, because the song get played on the radio so much, you knew when it was going to end. Like you even had a time to that point. And I used to have, man, like front and back, I had all the joints on there, bro. Man, I used to, I mean, it, it, it used to be frustrating too. Like I would have to get my sisters to help me because I'd be like, I'm trying to record this track, but the but the DJ starts it and then brings it back over again. And I would, I'd be like, I'm going to hop in the shower, start, hit the pause button if he actually starts the track for real. You know what I mean? Like I would be making my own mixtapes and shit. And, but, you know, and that was fun because that, that makes us a part of music because we were literally like using radios again the analog technology to like pause stop rewind like we would do we were you manipulating the music itself through like hardware to be a part of it and i'm not saying that the kids that they don't have that because they they have it digitally like everyone today can like go out there and produce music so i don't i don't like getting into the bag of just like yo everything back in the day was better than what it was today it was just a different experience and you know when i watch things like this netflix doc about biggie smalls it transport me to that time you know we have a we, we got a comment here let's see let's, let's see what this is yeah i kind of i connect with music big time um i make music myself uh rapping i sing and i engineer um but yeah i kind of talk about that i got this song called off of my chest and the first song um the first verse I talked about the relationship between my daughter and her mom and I and um the negative impact is it's had on my daughter and the second verse I'm talking about um you know sometimes I'm trying to do my thing while I'm alive and people are not paying attention but when I die then everybody's like oh you know this person was dope and and this and this and that and, and talking about the the fact that if you remember me, if you supported me and got to know me, that even when I'm gone, my, I'll still be here. You know what I mean? And the energy that I put into the music that I make. So, yeah, if you guys could check that out and give me an opinion, that'd be dope. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And your, and your next message, Junkie Dave, just quickly lay out where it is that we can find, you know, your music. You know what 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 name you're performing under if you have a, a ig just quickly give us a message saying hey go google blah 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 or go to itunes and type in whatever whatever and we definitely will be happy to 
you know, just check out your music and, you know, spread it to our listeners. And, you know, by all means, join us, follow us, because yes. this is like, you know, episode two, whatever, if we're counting. I don't really want to count. You know, I just feel like I want to talk about shit and enjoy talking about shit. You know, so each t- each episode is going to be something different anyway. So I don't think the numbers mm-hmm. matter. You know what I mean? But yeah, you know, like just join us on this Jersey junk on this journey junkie dave and we definitely will join you on yours but you raise a really good point because i definitely feel like more now than ever today you know and we talk i i mentioned this earlier on in the show as far as like the origins of hip-hop in the 80s being something that was you know built and created through in the, in the south bronx you've got young blacks young latinos living in this world that is just completely fucked up they come up with their own culture they finding outlets of expression which is what this is here for me, for Chris and I is an outlet of expression. And I feel like everyone today is really looking for outlets of expression, but it also gets muddied up with like the, the, you know, the need for trying to monetize or capitalize or just basically, you know, Western culture, capitalism, making everything about, you know, money, 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 growth, growth, growth. And it's weird that for, particularly within hip-hop i mean i guess maybe you can say the same thing about other genres to a certain extent but just like growth can be death you know like you were saying chris pop smoke has grown infinitely in his death and it's just like that's just not a good thing like that's not a good thing for the culture they can't be you know what i mean and the fact that it was so many people took that style and ran with it I remember when I heard for when I first heard Pop Smoke, I was like, "Yo, this shit ain't gonna work." <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I was with you. I was with you on that. I was saying the same thing. I was just like, "Hey, yo, I don't, I don't get it." Like, but then um, when I did some homework and I, I saw like the movement that was going on in New York and how like um, a lot of my younger cousins, how they, you know, they knew, they knew what was going on with that, you know. And it showed how out of touch I really was. And then, you know, when all the artists start coming out the woodworks in New York, I was just like, oh, all right, so this is what they on. And then the more, the more he put songs out, I mean, it got, if I'm being honest, it got a little bit, you know, repetitive. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest, uh, you know, Pop Smoke fan. I like, I think he made some fun songs. I don't, I don't. Feel like his 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 talent or skill level was no necessary there, but you know I just feel like it's unfortunate though that he has to, you know, expire like you know live the life that he was living, in order to get the fame and then lose your life, just mm-hmm. and they end up getting more fame from it. It's just like that's that, that's a bad equation. That that is just not good. You know what I'm saying? Like that should not Sometimes. be. Yeah, go ahead. Sometimes you just you just gonna be an artist that introduces style. Like I feel like, you know, we know 808, 808 and Heartbreak is like that's a classic Kanye album. But I feel like if Drake would have did that album, it probably would have been bigger. So sometimes you just would have you just here to introduce a style and get out the way. So that's why that's why I feel about guys like that. You know, I okay. I, I think it, it'd be more young guys like Nipsey that talk about. You know, having businesses and things like that, it'd be more young guys. Yeah, I mean, because with, you know, with something that speaks to me more, just because, like, again, that reminds me of, you know, where hip hop, like, when I was coming up, you know, when I was growing up, like, that's a lot of the hip hop that I was hearing at the time in the late '80s, 
early 90s, it was, it was around that kind of energy, had that kind of energy to it. And definitely as it became successful, then you get to see like, you know, people can make songs, party songs for this and the third and everything in between, which I, don't, I have no problem with whatsoever because believe me, I was definitely down with most of that shit. You know, but it's just like, you know, you, as the seasons change, your taste change, you know what I'm saying? And, and as far as seasons, I mean, just mean as your age goes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, he didn't get to, he, he didn't get to live out, you know, his full life and things like that, um, big, but, you know, it would have been interesting to see how, how, where he would have made it to. I don't think he still would be doing music, though. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would have been, you know, with the way things were going, just like, you know, what he would have gone into would have been great. I mean, Puff said in the documentary that he would have, that he wanted, he was thinking about going into acting. You know, we know that he he did do an appearance on the Martin show. So, I mean, it, that and, and that in itself was, was just, you know, really trend-setting and blazing because here is, like, he's not your typical, as far as looks goes, he isn't what, the, you know, the, the, the quintessential, you know, tar, tall, dark, and handsome man, you know, that Hollywood is, you know, looking for, or that mainstream media is always promoting. You know, he was a fat, overweight man, you know, dark-skinned man, and, and, and that usually just isn't... Those two things don't... Go, like, you can be dark-skinned in Hollywood, but you're going to be, you know, muscular with, you know, the fucking 19-pack abs or whatever the fuck case yeah he be. wasn't he wasn't supposed to be marketable <laughs> he, exactly like, like <laughs> nothing about big was supposed to be marketable and he completely smashed that completely smashed yeah, that like from being, stereotype from being, from being himself bro yeah from and being from completely he, you being know, himself man some of the stuff with Pac seemed like it was a little bit of uh, jealousy too you think so yeah I mean I, how I can see angry, that I can how, see that how angry he was you know what I'm saying that because you know, when when more money, more problems used to come on. When I was, you know, young and I was like six, seven years old, man, we used to say those verses verbatim, bro. You ain't lying, yo. You, uh, I don't want to control. Wait, wait, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, what rapper? Finish, finish, finish. Was you what 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 rapper was you? You was Mace, you was Puff, or you was Big? Bro? Oh man, I mean, I honestly, I, it was it was usually Mace, it was usually Mace or Big. <laughs> Uh, you look like a, a it was, mace ass. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was usually mace, but see, but, see, but, but this is the other thing. This is the other thing about the likability and the appeal of Big was just that his rap flow and his cadence, you could understand what it was that he was saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just about in every song. So what I was gonna, what I was going to say before was just that when I like you, you made me think of when 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 I. Think of like back in the days when I would hang out and like at a bar or something like that. If, if I had to do karaoke somewhere, I would pick a big song because I knew I didn't need the screen. I didn't need the lyrics on the screen to recite a Biggie Small uh, karaoke track. Mm -hmm. I knew that shit verbatim and I could hit, you know, the signals because, you know, what I'm saying like, the wordplay was there. You you can mimic it. You can understand it. You can hear it. Mace had a tendency to rap very fast. I mean, I love, loved a lot of his tracks, but sometimes he rapped a little fast. Puffy, I mean, I yeah, I know he had people writing for him, but he didn't always deliver the rhymes Man, Jada, in the best Jada way. Jada was right. Jada was writing them rhymes, bro. Yeah, Jada was writing them rhymes. Mace was writing them rhymes. Big was writing them rhymes. He was all writing rhymes. rhymes for him. Everybody was writing rhymes. But you know, Puff. you know, more more money, more problems was originally Mace's song, bro. I believe that. 
That makes sense. That and uh, everything that was on um, can't nobody hold my pride. Can't no, those was all down. Yo, those was all mace joints, bro. Yeah, yeah. He just basically, you know what I'm saying? He thought he 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 was being a team player, but you know they were well, they were the well. You gotta, I mean, you gotta remember too. Like, I mean, Big was definitely in the streets more than Mace was, but Mace originally, you know, was coming into the game as Murder Mace. So Puff took Mace and Big and was like, "Yo, we're, we're gonna soften up this image just a little bit so that I can sell you and market you." And you know, Puff was a genius. He made it work. He made it work with both yeah. of them. You know what I'm saying? We we got two messages though. Let's let's see what the people are talking about. Right. Yeah, the easiest. Uh, I appreciate it, by the way. Um, the easiest place to get uh, my music is at junkiedave.com. That is my artist name, um, Junkie Dave. I have the website. Um, my music is available on all streaming platforms: um, Title, Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Napster, TikTok. Your Instagram and Facebook stories. Type in Junkie Dave. You could Google Junkie Dave, Junkie Dave on YouTube. Um, yeah, just anywhere. It's just Junkie Dave. J U N K I E D A V E. Um, so yeah, even on Snapchat too. I got uh, filters. So Junkie Dave on everything. JunkieDave.com. Thanks. Hey, I fucks with it. I fuck with you. Fuck with it. I fuck with yeah. it. I fuck yeah, with I fuck it. with it. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to it. Even, bro, even before we listen to it, make sure y'all go stream um, Junkie Dave music. Yeah. He definitely, I could tell, I could tell by the, I could tell by the, what he said about energies and stuff, he got something to say. Yeah, so. yeah, you, you, you can, like, you had me hooked with that, with that, when you dropped that, you know what I'm saying, those, those bars, those lines before, man, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out what you got going on, because you sound like you got some shit, you know, you yeah, got some shit. Yeah, you sound like you got something he got something for the people. Not, he got something with, with something with substance. So I'm gonna definitely check it out. I suggest y'all check out Junkie Dave too. Hey, Junkie Dave, we're gonna drop. We, we're gonna follow you on the socials. So when you see that, when you see that follow pop up, you know, in that notification, man, follow us back. Follow us back. Follow us back. Follow us on IG and follow us here on Stereo. Junkie Dave, follow myself and C Morrison, and just you know, keep up with us, man. We we gonna get this thing going. You know what I'm saying? Like you can come on the yeah, show too. And for- and you know, um, for for all the listeners, I know we got our core people that come for like the one division stuff and the Marvel stuff and everything like that. But for anybody that's new in here, we're gonna have way more. Uh, it's gonna be diversity in our talks, so it's gonna be basically everything entertainment. I know um, Brian, like me, he's a hip hop head. We clash over that sometimes, and you know that'll be stuff that y'all you guys will see like over the course of um, putting these podcast out on um on this app but um we're we're not just limited to you know the marvel stuff and everything like that we we can have talks like these too and hopefully you know junkie dave he stay he stay in tune and tell some of his people in his circle and um maybe maybe we maybe we'll we'll carve out a day even to to just do music and hip-hop stuff that'd be yeah, absolutely. That'd be something me and Brian to talk good. about too. That sounds good. Let's all let's let's, let's hit the next message. Yo, for real, uh, Harlem World was that's classic right there. I used to bump that joint. Oh, yo, that joint is fire. 
I haven't heard. That. I gotta go listen back to that now. Yeah, Hollywood was a, was, was a classic joint, man. That was a classic joint. Especially 24 Hours to Live. That's what? Epic. Yeah, there you go. There. Now you talking about man? DMX, man, that thing was epic. Oh, that's fire, yo. You, I'm a bit of a comic junkie. You know what I mean? I'm a music junkie. So yeah, I'm definitely tuned in, man. As soon as I see that. uh notification i got you with the follow back um i follow you guys on here i just followed you guys on here so yeah i'm definitely uh ready to be plugged in and i'm enjoying the show so far so keep up the good work and um yeah i'm listening i'm tuned in yeah man we appreciate that we appreciate that a lot yeah but we you know we got a lot of content coming your way we're gonna be covering you know marvel mcu just you know hip-hop pop culture in general you know this is blur brains you know we, we're going to be spilling out our brains letting y'all pick our brains you know and just you know try to entertain y'all and give y'all uh, give give y'all our thoughts on just you know mainstream media and everything that's just going on out here you know that's just that's pretty much it you know but i think you know I, i've had a lot of fun this episode how about you chris yeah me too bro i think this was like I, I like the documentary. I like the points that was brought up today. Um, just getting involved with the new listeners and stuff like that. Shit was crazy. You want to go ahead and, and let me know where you know they can find you at and find us at? Yeah, y'all can find us at the Blurred Brings Pod on Instagram, and also my personal handle is at Cmars and Media on Instagram. And you can give me your handle brother yeah yeah definitely you know check me out follow me at we.r.wmd on instagram um I'm, I'm i think this information might be within uh you know, the profile but if you want to get want you guys to follow us you know blur blurred brains podcast we are wmd c morrison media and uh thank you for you know joining us on this uh, edition of Blur Brings Podcast where we discuss Facts. the Biggie Smalls I Got a Story to Tell documentary. It was, it, it was fun doing this for you guys. If you appreciate it, you know, when you are listening to this on your, wherever you find your podcast, please remember to rate, subscribe, and like us. Give us all the stars. Give us all the uh, subscriptions, please. You know, if you're feeling what we're doing, spread the word. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to have a lot more content a lot more fun, fun, unfiltered content, you know, respectfully, you know, coming together finale. for you guys. WandaVision finale. Oh, where we're talking about tomorrow. That. So we're going to be right back on here tomorrow, um, 8 o'clock with the with the initial review. We might we might have to hop on here back to back, bro. Oh, I mean, I, I'm with it, man. I, I'm, I'm in the zone, yeah. man. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling. I'm ready to talk about anything. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, if it be as big as if it be as big as they promoting it, because I don't, I don't think we're gonna get everything with just one watch. But we're gonna do the one watch and hop on here, or the first couple watches and hop on here and do this again tomorrow. Yeah, man. So uh, again, thanks for tuning in to the Blur Brains podcast, man. This is your boy B Blair. It's your boy C Morrison Media. And uh, you guys have a wonderful and uh, safe night.